feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And the numbers are stunning. They are just in as to how many crossed the border last year, our southern border. And it is a record. It's 1.9 million migrants crossed the border. That is a stunning amount of migrants that have been crossing through. And we still don't know. What happened on those migrant flights, those secret migrant flights that came into Westchester, that came into Tennessee, that came into so many cities across the country, many of them into Florida and elsewhere, making basically every state in America a border state. So tonight, I want to hear from you on the Rita Cosby Show as to what you think the repercussions should be for this administration. Because the numbers are shocking, and not just the numbers of individuals coming through, also drugs. Fentanyl has been coming through at a record pace, so much so that some of the statistics are stunning. It is the number one killer of 18 to 45-year-olds in the United States. Not cancer, not car accidents, none of those things. And it is actually very much targeting the black community, because a lot of them are using different you know, opioids and so forth, not realizing that they could be potentially laced with fentanyl. And also 30 states have doubled fentanyl deaths since 2019. That's not that long ago, guys. We're talking 2019. That is, you know, just right around the corner that that happened. And in such a short period of time, the numbers have been skyrocketing. So it was very interesting In the last few hours, when we heard from Jim Jordan, who was doing a number of different interviews, and in one of them, he made a very interesting declaration that is making tons of headlines. And I want to hear your thoughts on this. Do you believe that President Joe Biden and the administration should somehow be held accountable? You know, we're talking about masking up. We're talking about all this stuff. And yet the U.S. southern border is wide open. It is crazy. It is literally fluid. As we know, they're not checking for vaccinations. They're not doing a lot of things. And so Jim Jordan, over the weekend, made an interesting proclamation. If the Republicans can take over, say, the House or the Senate, maybe they can get something going in terms of some action or some repercussion for President Biden for his very detrimental open borders policy. Take a listen. This administration has given us record crime, record inflation, and record illegal immigration. And you're exactly right. It's deliberate. It's intentional. I mean, in the start of this administration, you go back, March was the highest month on record for illegal crossings until April. And then April was the highest month until May. And then May was the highest month until June. And June was the highest month until July. So you had five months in a row where they kept breaking the record and gave us almost 2 million illegal crossings, illegal immigrants coming into this country. And that's just what we know about. That is intentional. That is deliberate. And so, yeah, our conference is going to, I think, look at this issue and decide, is this, is, this, is this impeachable? Because it sure seems like it is. Wow, very interesting. Throwing that word, saying, is this potentially an impeachable offense? 
is this a total dereliction of duty? And I think actually, you know what? I don't throw the impeachment word around lightly, but I do think that what has happened at the southern border has been such a blatant dereliction of duty in the terms of national security for our country. I mean, how can you explain why the border is so wide open, why we are in such, you know, detrimental situation? There's all these stories that have happened of a guy who went through and now then he killed somebody in Florida. How about the guy who went through and also killed the deputy in Houston? These cases are happening over and over again. And Jim Jordan says this isn't a mistake. This is an intentional act. I think this is a fundamental issue uh, and deliberate actions by the Biden administration to undo what President Trump had put in place that was working. So deliberately did that. And and we've seen the results with the drugs, with the crime, with the problem. I mean, uh, the American people fully understand it. Again, Representative Lisa McLean says, boy, is there a huge difference between the way things are being handled on the northern border with Canada. What's happening down at our southern border is absolutely unbelievable. Yet our northern border, we're locked down and everyone's got to get a COVID test. And you have to show your ID to make sure that, you're COVID, that you are who you are when you have your COVID test. I wonder if that's going on at the southern border. I can assure you it's not. What you've seen is actually 100% true. I've been down to the border twice. I've been to Colombia. I've been to Panama. And exactly what is happening is it's unbelievable. So what do you think? Do you think that the Republicans have a case that maybe somehow this could be an impeachable offense? I want to hear from you because he certainly has put our country in great danger by that open border policy and done for the reason that many people believe is to just get more voters into the country who are eventually going to vote Democrats, sort of skewing the numbers. What are your thoughts on all this? It's 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. And joining us now is someone who knows the border very, very well. He has spent a lot of time down there and I think is spot on on so many of these issues. Former ICE Director, Immigrations and Custom Enforcement, Tom Holman. Tom, so great to have you here on the show again. Thanks for having me. You know, Tom, what is, first of all, your reaction to um, this comment that Jim Jordan had that maybe this is something that should be looked at as an impeachable offense because he's put the national security of our country basically on the line, put the country in jeopardy? Jim Jordan must have read my op-ed or watched me on Fox News for the last six months because I've been saying that uh, Secretary Marcus, we need to start with impeachment without him. I've actually met with several senators and several congressmen today. I was up on the Hill most of the day today. And I didn't get one pushback from the senators and congressmen I met today about impeaching my orchestra starting there. And I've been saying from day one that this is this is not incompetence. This is not mismanagement. This is their plan. This is open borders. What's going on in the southern borders by design. Joe Biden was vice president. We had a surge like this. Alejandro Mayorkas was the deputy secretary. We had a surge like this in FY15. I met with these men many, many times, and we stopped that surge, and they know how we stopped it. They are doing the complete opposite of what we did in FY15 to stop the surge. So this is, this is absolutely on purpose. This is by design. You know, and and it's outrageous because at a time, 
thumb where the standards, you know, people are so fed up with lockdowns. Um, people are so fed up with um, so many of the things with masking and the mandates and just everything. I mean, people have had it up to here, and that's how the average citizen in America has been living for the last two years or so. And then yet they're coming through that border. Explain to us again, Tom, uh, and I'm sure obviously um, you had some important conversations on Capitol Hill today as you were talking about. Explain why this is such a double standard and such a blatant different standard. Well, it's a couple of things, right? So, so uh, we have over 100,000 overdose deaths on fentanyl this year, a record. And it's not a coincidence. We have record number of fentanyl overdose deaths at the same time we have record illegal immigration. Because when you create a crisis like they created on the border on purpose, half the border patrols off the line. So fentanyl is coming across at record amounts, killing our kids and over 100,000 deaths. That blood on the hands of Alejandro Mayorkas and, and, and President Biden. Also, we want to talk about COVID, right? You, now they want us to mask up. And I was in Washington, D.C. today. I can't walk into any restaurant in Washington, D.C. and get anything to eat unless I'm wearing a mask and plus I show my back card. That is just real here in D.C. However, the Biden administration is releasing thousands of people into the country with COVID. They're not, and they're not being, they're not being vaccinated. They're being released. But you know who Biden administration is testing and vaccinating? Those they return to Mexico on the return to Mexico. When we sued them, made them restart return to Mexico, which they're doing a very poor job at. They're really slow rolling. We're going to take them back to court and hopefully find them contempt of court. But the few people they returned uh, to Mexico and they remain in Mexico program, Mexico is insisting they be tested and vaccinated, and we're doing it. So we wow. Wait, 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 Tom, I got to interrupt you because that is mind blowing. So to go back to Mexico, they're being tested. Is that correct? In the Remain in Mexico program, wow. they're being tested and vaccinated. So we're, we're, we care about more about the health of the country of Mexico than our own country because the thousands released in the United States are not getting back. So figure that one out. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Why do you think that's happening? That is stunning. Tom, I had no idea that they were actually, first of all, I think it's outrageous that they're not doing the tests here on this end, but it's absolutely stunning, Tom Holman, that they actually do it on the way when they're leaving and and being pushed back to Mexico to remain in Mexico, that they're saying, wait a minute, in Mexico, we got to care about their safety, but what about American safety? And this is our own government, right, Tom? Absolutely. I think the country of Mexico required it. Saying that if you want to return these people remain in Mexico, we want the United States to test and vaccinate them. Again, we've been begging for this government to test and vaccinate those who release the United States to keep Americans safe. They have refused to do it. So this is, again, I can't wrap my head around this. Uh, and I'm trying to get this out as many places as I can that uh, apparently this administration cares more about the health and safety of, of, of the country of Mexico than do the United States, which you, you can't make this up. I mean, again, this is there's no common sense to this decision, just like there's no common sense in opening the border because they say the Biden administration is much more humane than the Trump administration. You know what? Deaths of migrants crossing the border have doubled under President Biden. That's another story not hearing. Uh, under, under Last year under President Trump, we had 253 deaths of uh, migrants. Biden said over 560. He has more than doubled the amount of deaths of migrants coming across this border. So I don't want to hear anything about them being more humane than the Trump administration. When Trump administration had illegal immigration, about 83 percent at a 40 year low. 
lives were being saved. Less women were being sexually assaulted. Less children were dying. Less migrants were dying. Less people were dying of overdose deaths. Why? Because when Trump secured the border, the border patrol is now 100% on the line, very vigilant. They're catching most of the drugs. They're catching the bad guys. But when the border is open like this now and half the border patrol is off the line because they're busy with family units, that's when the bad guys come across. And that's when the vulnerable people in this world make an attempt to come to the United States because criminal cartels will tell them, hey, look, half the border patrol is off the line. We can get to the United States. You can either turn yourself into the border patrol and be released. Or if you're a bad guy or you're somebody, a gang member, we can sneak you into the country and Borcho is tied up with family units and we'll get you to the final destination. When you open the doors and make the promises this administration has made and the cartel sees the action of this administration, they're selling to, to the most vulnerable people in the world what the Biden administration is doing, which is talking more people and putting themselves in harm's way to come here. That's why the deaths have doubled. Wow, that is absolutely stunning. Uh, Tom, can I ask you a favor? Can you stay with us just for a few minutes? We have a quick commercial break, but I'd love to have you just for a few minutes on the backside, if that's okay. That's fine. Thank you, Tom. You are so terrific with your wealth of information. We're going to continue with former ICE director Tom Holman on the Rita Cosby Show right after the break. And then we're going to take your calls, one 800 The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Stunning numbers of migrants crossing the U.S. border. The latest data showing 179,000 apprehended just in the month of January alone. And this is what Michigan Rep. Lisa McLean has to say about the Biden open border policy. This administration has an open for business sign at our southern border. Don't worry about COVID. Don't worry about vetting who's coming over. Don't worry about the amount of fentanyl and illegal drugs that are coming over. Yet, what is going on with law and order in our country? We are asking these law enforcement officers, these border patrol agents that have given their life to protecting our border, we're asking law enforcement agents not to enforce the law. It is. They are just demoralized and so frustrated. And joining us now, continuing here, is former ICE Director, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, Tom Holman. Um, Tom, I just want to get your comment on the role that, like, NGOs and some of these organizations are playing in helping this sort of illegal immigration sort of funnel. Obviously, they're doing it with the best of intentions, but still, um, you know, let me get you to play this, and this is from Congressman Lance Gooden. And, Tom, I want to get you to react. And so what these NGOs are doing is putting them up in a hotel for a few days and then basically saying, where do you want to go? And we'll send you there. And Catholic Charities um, is the biggest villain of them all. Uh, the Jewish Family Council is another one. Uh, but primarily uh, at the southern border, they are taking in these migrants. They are sending them to whatever city they want to go to. They're giving them uh, documentation and instructions for how to get past the TSA checkpoint and then how to assimilate while they wait for their, quote, uh, court date. And so what we're seeing is this incentive by the U.S. government to bring more migrants across the border. And they're encouraging human smuggling and trafficking. What my bill would do is say, if you're engaged in smuggling and trafficking, then we're going to defund you. 
What a mess. And they're playing a huge role, right, Tom Homan? They absolutely are. And and there's a lot of uh, high-level NGO directors who work for the administration. So now that they're into open borders, the NGOs are lining their own pockets, just like immigration attorneys. Now, ALA has a a, a direct into the White House, uh, American Immigration Lawyers Association. So when President Biden's talking about supplying lawyers to, you know, children, uh, the, uh, the UACs and, and giving legal advice to families sent back to Mexico, remain in Mexico program, again, you got an immigration attorney at the White House, Esther Oliveria, who's an immigration activist, immigration lawyer in Miami. So all these people are just lining their own pockets. So if, believe me, when, when they talk about free legal or, or paid legal advice, when they talk about NGOs, you know, uh, uh, housing people and sending people on their own way, they're all lining their pockets. I was I was in Rio Grande Valley this past weekend. On my flight from Rio Grande Valley to Dallas, my plane was half full of illegal aliens with free airline tickets given to them by NGOs to get to their final destination. And wow. where were the 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 the, the people that were you know, transporting them, their 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 confidants, their their the the people that are handling them until they get to Dallas Fort Worth, they're sitting in first class. So you know, this it's it's again, it's it's just a fraud, waste, and abuse by the Biden administration lining the pockets of their friends. Wow, that is a huge reality. I can't believe they were on the uh, flight with you here. You are the former ICE director, and you're seeing it firsthand. Um, Tom Holman, thank you so much, and thank you for all you do to keep this country safe. You're such a great American. We love having you on the show, Tom. you got to come back on again soon. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much, my friend. Thank you very, very much. When we come back, we're going to take your calls. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Stunning. Those going back to Mexico are being vaccinated, but not when they come to the U.S.? Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back to Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue, a Maryland police officer saves children from an oncoming car. A Maryland officer was hailed a hero after she pushed a student out of the path of a moving car, and it happened outside of a middle school in Northeast Maryland just a few days ago. Police Corporal Annette Goodyear was stationed at a crosswalk outside the middle school when an oncoming car failed to stop while a student was crossing the street. In a video captured by a nearby school bus, Officer Goodyear was seen signaling for the driver to stop moments before the child began to cross. When Goodyear realized that the car was not stopping, she pushed the child out of harm's way and was struck by the car herself. The school's district superintendent praised the officer, saying, this is what hero police officers do. Corporal Goodyear was taken to the hospital for her injury. She was treated and released and is said to be doing okay. What an amazing act of heroism, saving that little girl. Bravo to our great men and women in blue. Well, the men and women in blue that are at the border right now are just deeply frustrated because as we were just talking with Tom Holman, the former ICE director, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, it has been a mess. I couldn't believe what you just may have heard with me here on the show on the Rita Cosby show that he was saying that in America, we know that they're not vaccinating. They're not checking them. Uh, Many times they're not even looking for criminal records, by the way, uh, in addition to vaccination. 
And yet, if we send them back to Mexico so we can adhere to the, quote, remain in Mexico policy, that's what Trump was doing just automatically. Remember, the Biden administration didn't want to do it. They were forced to do it by a court. But now when they send them back, Mexico wants to make sure that these folks have been vaccinated. So Americans are paying for them to be vaccinated to remain in Mexico to get shipped back. We're not vaccinating them coming into the United States but we're vaccinating them if we keep them in Mexico or send them home. Does that make any sense to you? And this comes at a time where Congressman Jim Jordan is saying maybe the Republican base needs to kind of rally together and potentially maybe this could go into impeachment territory because he feels it has just put our country at tremendous, tremendous danger. And Mark Morgan, who also was one of the big border experts, said that, you know what, we still don't even have any sense of where these people are being shipped, the ones that come into the United States, where they're going, what kind of record they have, what city they end up in. We have no idea. Talk about a national security risk. Here is Mark Morgan. It's unconscionable that that congressional members cannot get a straight answer uh, from this administration. And look, look, I get asked all the time, you know, Mark, you must be frustrated that they dismantle every effective tool that you have and the successes that you achieve. I said, yeah, clearly. But I'm also equally frustrated that they're lying to the American people about everything that's happening on our southwest border. Really scary. And what uh, Tom Holman was just saying is really frightening. By the way, President Trump who definitely kept a tight lid on the border, uh, just did an interview recently, and he said his first mission, should he get into office in 2025, running in 2024 and 2023, probably right after the midterms, I bet, is to, quote, he will finish building the wall. He said that that is his priority. And a lot of other people, especially Republicans who've spent time at the border, say that is key, including Michigan Rep. Lisa McClain. Finish the wall because like it or not, it worked because the there's a crazy thing. Do you know where the illegal immigrants are coming through? They're coming through holes where the wall isn't completed. So obviously the wall works. And many people say the wall does work. Every single border agent I've ever talked to has said the wall works. How stupid. And by the way, the materials are sitting over there to the side from the middle of the border wall that the Trump administration was building. Remember, Biden just put a big kibosh on it on day one. And he's just sitting there. The, the materials talk about a waste of taxpayer dollars. So Texas is using their own money to pay for the border wall. What do you think about all this, guys? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Robert in Philadelphia. Robert, your thoughts about this. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, Rita? Um, this is most definitely an impeachable offense. I know the word's thrown around a lot. Um and there's always a subjective of whether something was willful negligence or willful to, uh, not doing your job. Um, the, the immigrants coming over bad enough. The flights taking them to other parts of the country, I believe, would be concrete evidence of aiding and abetting. And that is most certainly impeachable. However, I don't think Republicans should impeach when they take the House and the Senate. Now, why not? Why not, given what you just said? Because it won't accomplish anything. It'll be a big expenditure of political capital, 
and it will be doing the Democrats a favor. Let them get rid of this bumbling president. Otherwise, he'll get his clock cleaned in 2024. I think having the House and the Senate will neuter this guy. Okay, and if they want to keep him to make them look bad for another two years, that is on them. But I don't want Republicans risking the political capital we've painfully acquired over the last year or two on a sideshow that Democrats probably want because it'll get rid of Biden for them. They can claim, oh, the problems are all gone with Biden. And still paint the Republicans as evil. It's not worth it. That's okay? an interesting. No, that's it. an interesting point, Robert. Too, because also for political reasons, like you said, uh, they'll use it and saying, "Oh, look, they're out for this or they're out for that." On the other hand, I see what's happening at the border, and it really is, um, to me, an enormous dereliction of duty and a, and an enormous national security risk. I mean, it is stunning that it is so porous. And then to hear these double standards of what's going on in Mexico, to hear the double standards of the way people are being treated in New York, wherever it is around the country, it is outrageous. Uh, but, Bob, I, I hear you. It's a really interesting point. Um, let's go to David in New Jersey. Go ahead, David, your thoughts. Rita, it's great to talk to you. You too. Um, I, I, I get it. I just heard what Jim Jordan said, and you played, and he said the American people get it. But do you really think the American people get it? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. I do. I mean, it depends. You know, I think even independents do, too. But but they don't do anything about it. I I was listening to Bill O'Reilly. I listen to you every night because I work overnights, and it's a great show. Thank you. Thanks, David. Just before you come on, he was talking about the exact same thing, that it's a dereliction of duty. It is breaking the Constitution that he's supposed to uphold as the president by doing what he did. And having all these immigrants come up through you know, the border and then putting them on planes and bringing them up to New York in the dead of night, catching them on video, and nothing happens. So the previous caller, I don't even agree with him. I think they should do something about this, but I think it's more than just the president. It's everybody else that's allowing all this to happen. I think he's just a puppet. Yeah, That's a great point. Well, no, you know what's interesting? Did you hear Tom Holman, who we were just talking to, former ICE director, Tom was just saying that he would start with Mayorkas, you know, the deputy uh, secretary of Homeland Security, and then move up to Biden. But he actually really feels that Mayorkas, too, because he's directly in charge of Homeland Security. And his job is securing the homeland, protecting the homeland. And he says it's an obvious turning a blind eye for a political game. I mean, I, I don't understand. What, other, what is the other objective? What could it possibly be that they would allow this to happen other than politics? What do you think, David? I mean, is there any well, other motive honestly, behind there? You know, I, I had my own business for a long time, and I did hire a lot of people, a lot of young men, uh, middle-aged men that came from you know, South America. And they were the hardest working, honest people I've ever dealt with. But... Those were the honest people. Yeah, I was going to say there's some and great ones, I but have to you believe, know, you know, and they they spoke to me, and they agreed with my view on politics. They love Donald Trump, so I think by them giving them the open door to come in here, because they think they're going to get the votes. That's what they the, believe. The that's what. Come. Listen, that's what like uh, Tom Holman believes. Backfire on them, Rita. I really do. By from everything I hear, and I'm in Jersey, which is a blue state. You know, Chitterelli was my man, and I, he was so close. But 
it's just it's so frustrating to see that we just don't do anything when trump was in power and we had the power in the senate and we just did nothing about any of this stuff he never went after the people and just kind of killed it before it spread and i you know just working overnight and i watch fox news and i i just heard another gentleman who lost his son to fentanyl because it's just it takes like three granules of salt, the size of three granules of salt, to kill somebody. No, and you know what also, David, where it's coming from, too, is obviously, as you know, it's all tied, because I assume that's why you're bringing that up, David. It's heartbreaking. That is coming through Mexico, vis-a-vis China, by the way. And and the fact that fentanyl is claiming the lives, I, I mean, it's stunning. It is the number one killer of 18 to 45-year-olds in America. I mean, that that is absolutely Stunning. And just like you said, it's like just a little tiny grain is so deadly and so toxic. Um, And they have been able to seize. I was thinking I was looking somewhere and and in comparison to what we were just talking about, um, I think it was like eleven hundred eleven thousand pounds of fentanyl. Isn't that amazing? Has crossed the border last year. I'm just looking at the number here. Eleven thousand pounds of deadly fentanyl. I mean, that is an enormous issue and that has become a an important American issue, and as just as you said, too. Um, but you're right. I, I think your point's a good one, too, David, that more people need to speak out and say what the heck's going on. What I always wondered is, why are the people that are there right on the border of Texas, why are they not speaking out? I mean, they do a little bit, but my goodness, if I was having people flowing into my farm or my backyard at all hours of the day and night, you know, um, some of them sleeping in the barn or some of them taking things in the house and doing all those other things— I'd probably be out there picketing right on the border. Like, where is everybody that should be maybe picketing on the border to make a point to this president and to this administration to say enough? And and you're right. They have been kind of tepid, I think, in that. I mean, Abbott's been coming out, you know, the governor, and he's been talking about building the wall. But that's about it. That, you know, I agree. I think maybe they think, okay, listen, you know, uh, Senate and House will change. They're hoping, um, you know, in November. And I think maybe they're thinking, well, okay, after that, then maybe things will get better if we can just kind of grin and bear it, uh, because I think they just don't have any confidence whatsoever. Let's go to Michael in Virginia Beach. Go ahead, Michael. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, Yeah, Rita, somebody's going to do something about it. Uh, Figure the numbers. Now, you just heard Tom Holman say that there's 175,000 have been apprehended uh, this month alone or last month alone. So uh, we know where they're headed. They're headed for New York City because they've already been told they're going to be treated uh, better than any Protestant uh, citizen of New York who was born there. And that's where this is going to change. There's only 25 percent of this population that's Catholic. All these illegals are Catholic, and we're going to do something about it. We have tanks. We have uh, battleships. We will surround that city and bring this republic back into the control of the people who rightfully own it. Now, let me ask you, why do you think they are coming to New York? Because you're right that many of them are coming here. And and you know why? Because they get this uh, $15,000 sort of uh, displaced worker uh, amount. They sort of know that message. That's what Rob Astorino, the guy who was filming, remember the former county executive who got that video, of the flight sneaking in in the middle of the night that he believes it's uh, because they're coming here because they get this sort of stipend because of the New York government, just like you said. 
Well, they're coming here because there's a master plan uh, which was uh, unleashed in uh, 1917 by Kaiser Wilhelm to flood this country with Mexicans. And uh, uh, these people feel that they are fulfilling a uh, uh, Benito Mussolini, uh, Adolf Hitler, Roman Catholic uh, uh, mandate to uh, overthrow all the Protestant countries of the world. And this is a Protestant republic. Well, that is a very powerful declaration. Michael, thank you very much for the call. I, I think I think it really comes down to numbers with them, that they just are looking for more people who will come here, who will eventually, maybe in their mind, vote Democratic, even though you can't guarantee that many of them Latinos, they're from other countries too, of course, um, you know, other, you know, other definitely different groups. I mean, they're not all Latinos. We saw the Haitians, remember? We saw a whole bunch uh, of others, but... Um, I think it's as simple as getting more people to vote. Um, But maybe there is some sort of master plan behind it all. We're going to take your calls, everybody, after the break. We'll continue with you. I love hearing from all of you. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Why would they allow those going back to Mexico to be vaccinated, yet those staying in the United States, and there are many of them, that have come illegally into this country. They're not being vaccinated. They're not being checked. Talk about a huge double standard. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And Republicans vowing to do something about open borders and maybe even holding this administration accountable. A lot of you are saying, what took them so long? Here is Congressman Lance Gooden talking about the plans. It's a tragedy. It's it's sick. And the fact that folks like the Catholic Catholic charities are involved is stunning to me. And I do believe we'll stop that when Republicans take over. I'm looking forward to oversight and the investigations, and we're going to be on offense. So is that the right move to go on offense and maybe look at the word impeachment with Alejandro Mayorkas, maybe with the Biden, uh, the presidency? What about also the vice president? What about the borders are? She's supposed to be in charge of the border. Where the heck is she? Well, Mark Morgan has basically said, and of course, he was one of the former head border czars, basically said, look at the contrast that's happening now. There's been so much talk about the borders of Ukraine. Of course, with the thought of Russia maybe invading. And it seems like, oh boy, right away, we send 3,000 troops over there, a whole bunch in Poland and also in Romania to protect Ukraine's borders. What about protecting our border? Take a listen. Even the, the President Biden's deputy uh, national security advisor talked about how one of the fundamental aspects of any country is their sovereignty. But yet, so, so Ukraine sovereignty is important to consider and protect, but not our own. And like you said, he'll send over almost 9,000 troops to help protect and secure the borders of Ukraine, but he refuses to secure our own borders, jeopardizing every aspect of our nation's public health, safety, and national security. It, it's, it's nonsensical, it's hypocrisy, and it's absolutely dangerous. Yeah, it is dangerous. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Benjamin from Australia, from the land down under. Go ahead, Benjamin. 
Yeah, hi, Rita. Thanks for having me. Um, so uh, I agree with what you're saying about, like, yeah, you would think about impeaching um, Biden, but I think, you know, Nancy Pelosi has normalized that, and her behavior with Trump was reprehensible. You know, the way she tried to undermine him was just, like, treasonous. I'm not an American citizen, but that's just the way it looks to me. Very interesting that you say that. You're right. I mean, there, that word has sort of been tossed around a lot. So I kind of hate that phrase, too, Benjamin, because I think she's minimized it so much. And I think Adam Schiff has minimized it, too. Um, what's the sentiment, by the way, Benji, um, calling all the way from Australia? I love it. Um, what do they think of Americans when they see this and they see our southern border, Benj? Well, I think a lot of Australians don't care about the southern border because we have our own border. It's a big ocean, and we have our Navy that patrols that, so that's none of our business. Um, but I, I think a lot of the media here, like Channel 10 here is a big channel. It's owned by Viacom, and they lean to the left. So you have a big problem over there with your media. Um, a lot of these executives, like that Zucker guy, are basically just nut jobs with way too much money and power um, it just looks to me like, you know, like when I look at Putin or something, I, or, or the Russians there, it just looks like something I wouldn't want to go near that. Just step around it like a doggy poo. Yeah, very interesting point. And by the way, I, you brought up a great point because, yeah, you guys are all surrounded by water. I always wonder what people from afar are looking at with us, with the borders crossing, you know, so porous and such a mess. Benji, thank you very much. You got to call back in again. I loved hearing from you. That was awesome. Phil, real quick from the Bronx. Phil, your thoughts. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, Biden and uh, Camilla Harris, at a minimum, are in violation with the United States Code. That's strict federal law that oversees every individual in this country by, by bringing in unauthorized persons. Anyone who facilitates is guilty of a federal crime. The second thing, real quick is that the, the transportation of such persons, such unauthorized persons, by aircraft violates F, the FAA and TSA regulation. Great point, by the way, Phil. Very, very good point. And the question is, will anybody enforce that aiding and abetting? Because when you see close to 2 million crossing last year, we are in trouble. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. And you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Later on, by the way, in this hour, I'm going to... Talk about Andrew Cuomo, who, of course, resigned very embattled last year from the New York governor's office after the attorney general report labeled him basically as a sexual harasser, a serial sexual harasser with 11 women coming forward. Uh, Now he has done an interview and he says he never should have resigned because he's never did anything wrong, essentially. He says, I resigned because I didn't want to be a distraction. And he also did not rule out that he might run for office again. I said it, by the way, as soon as I heard that he was resigning, I said, don't count Andrew Cuomo out. I always expected that once a political machine, always a political machine. And 
crazy things have happened in politics across the country. So I want to get your take on that. And do you think that there is a political future, another political future for Andrew Cuomo? But first, one of the big news that any politician is going to have to tackle this year is crime, because the numbers have been staggering. And a heartbreaking number that just came out a few hours ago, that 73 cops were shot intentionally in the line of duty, were killed intentionally in the line of duty in 2021. Think about that. 73 police officers intentionally killed while they were on the job protecting all of us last year. That is a staggering number, and that is up exponentially from the year before. Also, this comes with 16 cities setting homicide rates that are just stunning. Uh, Cities like New York, Chicago, L.A., Um, and most of them, by the way, black-on-black crime. I mean, some enormous numbers Uh, in the black communities that are hitting them the hardest. And so today, I want to hear your thoughts about what is contributing to that. Do you think the tide is turning? You know, I was happy when I was at the funeral last week. It was heartbreaking for Wilbert Mora, but I was happy to see the outpouring of support from law enforcement and citizens across the country, across the world, coming out to honor this great man, one of the two NYPD officers that was slain when they were doing a domestic call in Harlem. So I was happy to see that. But then I see all this rhetoric from a lot of these actresses coming out and trashing. Remember the one who said, oh, the traffic jam is being a real problem for me. I couldn't believe that. I'm glad that she was basically blackballed right away and lost her job. I thought that was outrageous. Susan Sarandon, who made some similar crazy comments, saying it looked like a, you know, like fascist, basically. You know, I mean, it was just crazy. And now in the height of all of this, you know, we had talked recently to Eric Adams, the new New York City mayor, and he's got his hands full, believe me, you know, fighting crime in all different directions, New York City being one of the places with some of the most high numbers, Uh, transit crimes, auto thefts, uh, 92% increase over the year before. I mean, I would think that that's a stunning number. Uh, murders, rapes, robberies, um, overall crime, by the way, 38% up. Uh, these are huge numbers. And Eric Adams realizes he's got a tough battle. Take a listen. We are going to do a lot more than pray. We're going to turn our pain into purpose. We're going to unite and take action. New Yorkers feel as if a sea of violence is engulfing our city. But as your mayor, I promise you, I will not let this happen. So what is he going to do? Well, by the way, crime up 60 percent citywide in the past week. And New York City anti-Semitic crimes up nearly 300 percent in January. There was a Jewish man who was ambushed from behind also uh, over the weekend. I mean, New York City bus carrying dozens of passengers hit by gunfire in Harlem. If that doesn't send a message to uh, don't come and visit New York, duck. I mean, come on, that's crazy. It's unbelievable. So in the height of all this, as Eric Adams has been talking about bringing back some of the anti-crime units, some of these sort of, quote, plain clothes, even though these guys are not going to even be plain clothes. These guys are basically going to be maybe in an unmarked car, but when they come up, they're going to have body cams. They're going to have badges. So I don't even think they're really plain clothes. I actually would go for plain clothes. If I were the police commissioner, I would go for 
lots of those guys playing clothes because that's how you get into the gangs. That's how you really get the real information. Do you think when they're filming you that a gang member is going to be telling you what he's really doing or doing a drug deal in front of you? Heck no. But guess what? Even Eric Adams' approach of sort of having it halfway, which I contend needs to go further, is not far enough for defund Councilman Caban. This is Tiffany Caban. She's basically a socialist defund the police uh, politician, uh, Queens City Councilwoman. And she appears to be just undermining him at every turn. It's really incredible. So when word was coming out that he was talking about doing this new anti-gun police unit um, and also trying to work and try to do whatever he can after President Biden's visit, she wrote, hey, here's what you have to know. Our district is already home to some of the highest stop and frisk rates in the city. Now we will also have to contend with that unit. Despite containing roughly 5% of the force, committed nearly one-third of all police murders in the 20 years before it was disbanded. Roughing black and brown kids up, throwing them against the walls in the streets, surveilling and harassing our Muslim neighbors, making low-level arrests to feed the pipeline of mass incarceration. These don't make us safe before, and they never will. I mean, how unbelievable is this? This is a Democratic councilwoman who just seems to want the police just to be totally disbanded and stop and frisk. Don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. Don't arrest people in my community. Don't do this or you're racist. As I just said, some of the statistics are stunning. Most of those crimes, by the way, the, the largest demographic killed in major cities across the country last year, black males. And yet she just doesn't want the police to come into these communities, which are riddled with crime. That's why they're going. That's why if you look at Comstat, you go, okay, well, where are the most crimes? That's where I'm going to send the most police officers. But this woman is fighting against Eric Adams at every turn. And it's it's unbelievable. You got that. And then you got soft on crime, Alvin Bragg. And then who can forget in the middle of this all, you also have Black Lives Matter. This is what the Black Lives Matter leader of New York had to say to Eric Adams right after he got elected. And boy, he said, If you bring back that plainclothes unit, that anti-crime unit that she's not happy about either, we're going to do more than just complain on Twitter. Take a listen to his threats. They think that they're going to go back to the old ways of policing, that we're going to take to the streets again. There will be riots, there will be fire, and there will be bloodshed. Wow. And his sister, who joined him for that uh, ill-hospitable meeting, Uh, She also remembered trash Eric Adams. It didn't matter. He was meeting with them. He took the time to meet with them. But that wasn't good enough for Black Lives Matter. If you actually give them a better and quality education Mm -hmm. where they can compete and get into a college and regardless of the standardized test, that's a policy issue. That's a government issue. But let me share this with you. Let me share this with you. But you need to be corrected. You need to be corrected. You need to be corrected by based on what you're saying. This sounds like a real GOP thing. Because I know some of your views are kind of conservative. Wow. They will never be satisfied. So is it time to just shut these voices down? I say, yeah. I mean, I'm not for canceling people, but I am for calling them out. And by the way, everybody, you got to check our new podcast. We do a weekly one. It's called Protecting America. And on the latest edition, I talked to John Solomon, investigative correspondent from Just the News, one of the founders there. And he said a lot 
of this like anti-police rhetoric, all these anti-police comments. Well, he thinks they are backfiring, and I hope John is right. You look at Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, you look at Philly, you look at Los Angeles, you look at San Francisco. I mean, all these cities are struggling with crime, and yet at the same time they have DAs who are basically trying to minimize punishment for crimes. This movement to reform district attorney's office, that's the word that Democrats and liberals use it, began with George Soros and a political action committee he created to start to intervene in local district attorney's races, which in the past were not something that big major national donors played in. And to his credit, he worked very hard and he got this group of prosecutors out there now that believe in bail reform, believe in releasing people, keeping most people out of prison. And so from New York to California to St. Louis, Kimberly Gardner, a prosecutor I've battled with a lot because she brought a false prosecution against a governor and we're still trying to get the records to expose up. You see an entire map. And if you want to go and look at all the hotspots, you're going to see the biggest crime surges are in cities where these prosecutors now like St. Louis, Chicago, New York. And so there is a, a clear ideological movement that caused this moment. Yeah, absolutely. So it's time to call these people out. And by the way, things are so bad for District Attorney Alvin Bragg uh, and his crazy soft on crime policies. And I wish he was on an island by himself. Sadly, it's he's not on an island by himself. He's with also Philly and he's also with the DA in San Fran and Los Angeles and a few other spots uh, that even his neighbors There's a story, I couldn't believe this, in the New York Post, I believe, where they say that his neighbors essentially are terrified of the crime in the community where they live with Alvin Bragg, despite being the district attorney in Manhattan. And they said the crime's up essentially 30% in that area. And one of the neighbors said, you know, if I saw the DA on the street, I would slap him in the face (laughs) that he is so fed up and so disgusted on what's happened in their own neighborhood. So Alvin Bragg's not even fixing his own neighborhood. He's just ruining the whole city all at once. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Bob in Westchester. Bob, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. You know, I just want to say, Bob, what is so heartbreaking is to see these numbers. It's almost... It's almost insanity when I see these people like, uh, you know, Tiffany Caban, the Queen's Councilwoman, and then I see Bragg, and I see all these people who still kind of push this soft on crime policy at a time where we are seeing 73 officers killed just last year, intentionally killed. You know, I mean, this is this is horrible, Bob. We got to call them out. I agree. It's 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 a total disgrace, and that, in my opinion. Biden has blood on his hands. Anytime an officer is killed in this country, he should be blamed for it because he set the tone in the country. Yeah, you know what? And you know what also, Bob, I think about after the Derek Chauvin decision um, with uh, with George Floyd, what he said afterwards, basically that, you know, all police are overall, the system of policing is essentially racist. And Kamala Harris Remember, even went one step further, like, you know, I mean, she really blatantly said it's racist. It to me, I think that kind of rhetoric is so unbelievably destructive and also giving the green light to the protesters that were happening in cities across the country, allowing police stations to burn and police basically told stand back because they had very soft on crime DAs or soft on crime mayors. At the time, I mean, I think about in New York, we have Bill de Blasio, who's basically telling the police, "Okay, don't do anything. So guess what? 
New York City was burning. Same thing happened like in Seattle. Same thing happened in so many, Atlanta. I mean, you think about it all over the place because they had this rhetoric of like, okay, we can't step on them. You know, it, it is time that we stand up for our men and women in blue, Bob. Absolutely. When does a, a, when does a liberal become a conservative? When something bad happens to them or their family member, that's when they change. And that's sad. Yeah, it's really sad because in the meantime, everything goes downhill for all of us, not just for them, but for all of us. Bob, thank you very much for the call. We're going to continue with your calls on this, everybody. After the break, 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show as crime is skyrocketing across many major cities. Again, a very sad statistic coming out just a few hours ago that 73 police officers intentionally were killed in the line of duty just last year alone. And this comes as we have the soft on crime DAs, which I hope are finally getting a bit of a wake up call. Especially, you look at my goodness, over the weekend, did you see the video that was happening in Westchester, New York? People going basically through the mall and then five thieves ransacking a very fancy, fancy uh, boutique of nearly 50,000 handbags just kind of brazenly going in. And it was the same place that was also robbed uh, not too long before. These poor businesses, they get robbed, they come back, they get robbed, they come back. It is unbelievable. And in the middle of it all, Eric Adams is trying to send more officers. He's also talking about mental health. He's talking about communities, trying to kind of have it always. Take a listen. New Yorkers will see and feel these changes quickly. We will ramp up enforcement, deploy more officers on the streets and in the subways and get our courts at full capacity. And we will invest in those longer term preventions as well fixing our broken schools, supporting our unhoused New Yorkers, improving access to mental health services, and changing our laws. But that's not good enough for Black Lives Matter. Take a listen to how they feel about cops. When these plainclothes police officers come back into the streets with the mentality that they're going to eradicate crime, they're going to make a mistake, and they're going to kill someone. When that happens... There will be a repeat of George Floyd. It's it, 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 it's simple mathematics. It's not about Hawk making threats. Oh, yeah, it is about Hawk making threats. 1-800-848-9222. He is in charge of Black Lives Matter New York. Let's go to Eric in Manhattan. Eric, your thoughts about this? Hey, before I say about the crime, um, uh, you have a caller in uh, Brooklyn, Jim. He's raising the alarm. Uh, why should a black Democrat politician care any more about black on black crime than, than, than anybody else? Look at Maxine Waters, Elijah Cummings, Barack Obama, you know, for a lot of not, not just black politicians, but just about power. You know, uh, the crime thing, you know, they know this is by design. You have to look at the bigger picture. They know what the results are going to be going to be of, of not prosecuting crime. You know, um, and the, the police, we need to talk about force protection because one day we could all wake up and there's thousands of cops dead all across the country. At and once, coordinated. 
You know what? Also, Eric, Eric, you bring up a great point because there's been these ambush shootings and this disrespect for law enforcement. And I feel like what does it take, everybody? You know, truly, you know, what does it take? You have the widow of a police officer pleading, calling out Alvin Bragg, the D.A. Didn't say the name, but we all knew exactly who she said, the D.A. of New York. Um, And then we had, of course, the sister of another police officer all within a few days span, crying out for change. It's the least we can do is honor their memory. We're going to continue with your calls right after the break. Rita Cosby is on. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's support, our heroes, well, the Arizona Cardinals will not be playing in the Super Bowl this year. But that didn't stop wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins from sending Melvin Gatewood, a military veteran and Mount Juliet, Tennessee resident, to the big game. He said that our nation owes a debt of gratitude to this sergeant and army veteran for his military service and his continued service in helping fellow military veterans. Now, Gatewood was surprised when he heard about this from DeAndre Hopkins, and he said he had no idea that he was selected and then found out on social media that he was chosen to go to the Super Bowl. How cool is that? He said, quote, I was honored and excited. I didn't know about this, but when I saw the tweet, it was very exciting just to see it. The volunteer work I do, I don't do for recognition or anything. But when you have these types of surprises, it makes everything feel worthwhile. By the way, Gatewood served in the Army from 2003 to 2006. He was deployed in Iraq, and he was on a Humvee. He was a driver on patrols and convoy missions. And while on one mission in 2005, Gatewood was injured in an explosion and medically retired from the Army. So it is wonderful to see him being honored and being honored and taken to the big game, the Super Bowl, coming up very, very soon. Well, we have to crack down on crime very soon. We got to get tough. And we have to get tough with these people who speak out against police and those who speak out against any politician who's trying to clean up the city. Whatever city it is, whether it's Philadelphia, whether it's Los Angeles, whatever city it is across the country. And I'm happy that in some cities we're seeing a bit of a turn of the tide. You know, we saw it in San Francisco where the mayor there, who was a big defund the policer, has changed her tune. She's kind of said, oh, listen, we have to kind of get cops. We're not talking about defund the police. You could tell that she got slapped around. She's looking at how bad the statistics are in San Francisco and realizing she's got to do something. Also, it doesn't hurt that it's an election year. And if you look at the polls... Crime is one of the top issues for everyone in our country because, boy, are they concerned big time. And it doesn't help when you still have Black Lives Matter, which, by the way, is being investigated by California for the possible misappropriation of funds. $60 million. Isn't that stunning? $60 million bucks. They're being investigated by the state of California looking into it. Well, the New York BLM leader, Hawk Newsom, not too long ago, said this about his meeting with Eric Adams. It didn't sound like there was any budging after he met with Eric Adams, who's been reaching out to violence interrupters. He was with Biden. 
This is not some hard-nosed, you know, enormous crime fighter, but it wasn't good enough for Black Lives Matter. In the interest of blackness, politics is black folk. We should be able to get some stuff done for our people here and get you away from the police. They ain't no good for us. How scary is that? They ain't no good for us. Meanwhile, these cops, like the two NYPD officers that died recently, these guys were ones who loved their community and wanted to make a difference and wanted to bridge, be that bridge between the community and law enforcement. And yet these guys just label and smear everybody with one big brush and do not appreciate the tough job that our law enforcement has. What are your thoughts, everybody? one 800 848 one 800 and you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Brian in Glen Cove. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Rita, how are you tonight? I'm good, but you know what? I'm really concerned when I see these numbers of escalating, first of all, deadly attacks uh, on law enforcement that, that are happening time and time again, Brian. Well, I've lived in New York my whole life, 60 years, started out in mean old Brooklyn now out here on Long Island, and I was telling you, call screen of Phil, it's very, very simple. We have to do two things. One, back the blue. I happen to be a doctor. I have a lot of patients who are police officers, fire, ICE, FBI, CIA. That's just the kind of practice I have. So I get to hear these men and women all day long, and the sad part is they know that the average citizen does back them. There's no doubt in my mind, you, I, regular citizens, people on the street are backing them. But the problem we have is, one, laws aren't being enforced. Why? The people vote sometimes the wrong way. They get these liberal people. I have nothing against liberals, but, you know, law and order is not a liberal, it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It's in everything. It applies to all of us. And when the laws aren't enforced, when you have the police not being backed up, the other problem we have is the media. You get these celebrities. You know, I love what you said about DeAndre Hopkins. Good for him. For everyone like him, I get to hear about Susan Sarandon, some entitled celebrity or politician. They're not in the trenches like you and I and the average citizen. And when they start saying things about how, they, how are they even allowed to get away with this is just unbelievable it is by the way you know it's you know it's interesting brian not and not to cut you off but i want to answer your point because i do think that what i was happy to see was that actress who made the comment about the you know that it was blocking traffic on the day of the funeral and like oh look at this for one cop well guess what she's out of a job now and susan sarandon ended up having to apologize her comment about the you know that the, oh it looks like a bunch of uh, fascists basically when she's all these cops on the subway they're on the subway because right. they were coming to the funeral of the, of their fellow officer but i'm glad that people are speaking out and 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 saying this is not acceptable because that's what that's what it takes it can't be the cops out there alone brian to your point it has to be us out there saying we love you, we appreciate you, and we stand with you. And anybody who sits there and tries to smear the cops, we're not going to take it. We're not going to hear it. You know, we're going to shut you down, you know, verbally, because it's ridiculous. I, I, I totally agree. But you know what? I think we've run into a problem is sometimes, like you gave an example about the San Francisco mayor. Mm-hmm. It's probably an election year. Her job or her butt is on the line. 
I always feel, and I don't know how you feel about this, sometimes it seems like it's lip service. They start changing their tune, then they get reelected, and guess what? It's the same old, we need like new blood, fresh blood on any side, Republican, Democrat. And I just feel a lot of times when these people apologize, you and I, we would be fired in two seconds flat. But these people seem to get a second, a third, a fourth chance. And it's just frustrating. I just don't think we're making any headway, especially even with Biden. He comes into town. He speaks to the mayor. The mayor, sometimes, you know, he's trying to do his best. I'll give him a little bit of a chance. But for every time he says something positive, then he meets with BLM or other people or brag and says the exact opposite of what he said. Although BLM didn't like what he had to say, um, I do think he could put a lot more pressure on Bragg, even though he's not the guy who oversees Bragg, by the way. It's obviously the governor, um, and she's got to put – she should just let him go. She should just say this is, this is not the right DA at the right time. She has the authority to do that. Um, but I think, Brian, I, I actually disagree. I do feel like there is a strong sentiment out there of enormous support for our men and women in blue. The key is to now not be afraid – to say we support them and we're not going to tolerate this this disgusting behavior that's trashing our great law enforcement who are working their butts off, a very difficult job, not getting paid a lot of money, not knowing if they're going to come home to their families at night. And they need to know that people like us are supporting them. And also, to your point, too, we need to make sure that there are people running who are office who are genuine, you know, who don't just change their stripes because it's an election year. And that's why I agree with you that I'm very suspicious of when I see like, you know, uh, you know, London breed and I see some of these other mayors across the country that are suddenly having a little bit of an epiphany that maybe we shouldn't defund the police. Well, you know what? Is that really what you think? Or is it just because it's elections and you're trying to help a particular candidate or yourself? I mean, there's a lot of reasons. I'm very, very suspicious of those. The key is, just like you said, it doesn't matter if it's Republican, Democrat, law and order and common sense. That is the key. Let's go to Adam in Stanford, Connecticut. Go ahead, Adam. Hi there. Great to talk to you. You too. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, do you know what the leading cause of death for uh, police officers last year were? Um, I believe it was COVID. Ah. And do you know? Am I right? State, Am I right? Yes, you you are. And do you know in what state the vast majority were uh, those deaths occurred? Uh, I don't. Was it New York or where was it? Um, nope, Texas, Tennessee, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Oh, that's interesting. For cops, is that is interesting. That's actually really yeah. interesting. No, no, but before that, COVID was the leading cause of death. Yeah, and, and by the way, I'm not. But that, but comments. that, Adam. Sorry to interrupt you, but that doesn't take away. From those who were intentionally killed by violence, you know, they're well, they're. Let me, well, let me tell you something. A, when a when a when a, a police officer, a person, you know, regular person, who's a police officer, is subjected to an enormous amount of misinformation from a Republican Party, and is given um, a uh, sort of a reason to feel, uh, I'm not going to take this vaccine. It's dangerous. It's blah blah blah. You're actually putting the life of those people in danger, and and they are dying from it. And what I'm saying is— I'm not sure who you're speaking to, Adam, because I, I, you're not speaking to the right person if you're talking to me because I got vaccinated. I've talked about it. Okay, but, but, but you're not—why are you—and you other 
um, Republicans not on the air imploring these police officers Adam, to get vaccinated. Adam, two things. First off, I'm going to correct you on two big things. First off, I'm an independent. I'm a registered independent. That may surprise you, but I am. I just consider myself an American and I speak my mind. So that's one. Two, the reason a lot of the cops did die of COVID, it was it was very early on, especially in the process, like so many first responders were doing. I mean, sadly, they were putting their lives on the line dealing with so many people who were sick, um, you know, and and I don't know of anybody, uh, you know, I mean, nobody on this show, not not me, at least we're not pushing for don't get vaccinated. What I have said is freedom of choice. And I respect certain people who, for particular reasons, do not. I'm not into mandates. I'm not into that. I feel like there's a lot of issues there. I also feel like the science has changed, you know. Uh, Fauci flips and flops like all over the place. So there's one time they say one thing and then the next time it's so confusing. But I've also have never been somebody who said, don't get a vaccine. I hear what you're saying, um, but that's not the case, I think, with a lot of them. A lot of them made their own choices, not necessarily, you know, obviously, uh, but also put their lives on the line. And you bring up a great point. Um, I'm actually really glad you brought up the COVID point because our law enforcement were exposed to such unbelievable situations. Unbelievable. And at a time where so many people were at the height of the pandemic, remember, where deaths were happening left and right in in so many different sectors, the police were still going out on calls. The fire department was still going out on calls. Our doctors were still going out on calls. And, you know, as some of them personally didn't want to do it, they didn't, you know, and I also respect their choice. Um, I hope that they're all, you know, those who did that are healthy and safe. Um, But I also really, really um, think it's important that you hit home that their sacrifice, that they do a lot of things uh, that put them in very, very difficult situations and jeopardy. And I actually think it's important to remember that. And I'm glad you actually brought up that number because that's important, Adam. Uh, And so you can't blanket everybody with that that uh, that paintbrush. That ain't going to work here. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And when we come back. Andrew Cuomo is looking at a comeback. We're going to talk about that. Here's a little bit of a tease. Here is Andrew Cuomo. This is what he had to say. Basically, all along, he's been denying that he did anything wrong. Remember, this is when the report came out and he resigned. In my mind, I've never crossed the line with anyone. But I didn't realize the extent to which the line has been redrawn. There are generational and cultural shifts that I just didn't fully appreciate. And I should have. No excuses. No excuses. And now, in a new interview, he is not ruling out running again for the attorney general's position. This is Letitia James, who took him to task, who put that scathing report out with the 11 female accusers. So I want to ask you tonight in our last few minutes of the show this evening, do you think that Andrew Cuomo has a chance to be reelected again, whether it's for attorney general? Clearly, it's payback because she went after him. He wants to go after her. Do you think he's innocent? And also, do you think he should maybe run for governor. I said it right after all of this. Don't count Andrew Cuomo out, that he always has more than nine lives. It looks like he's on his 10th. 
What do you think? Does he have a chance to get back into political office as all forgiven and forgotten? I'm not sure about the nursing homes. I'm not sure about the women, but I want to hear from you. one 800 It's the Rita Cosby Show. And former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, of course, the brother of Chris Cuomo. Remember everything that just happened in the last few days with Jeff Zucker, the big boss at CNN, out. Uh, Of course, he fired Chris Cuomo earlier, um, and everybody believes it's all tied with Andrew Cuomo as well. Well, in the midst of all this, Andrew Cuomo has done an interview, and we haven't heard from him in a long time. And I want to get your take if you think there is any viability to this, because Andrew Cuomo coming out and essentially saying, quote, if you do an honest summary, which is what I get from people on the street, I have been vindicated. He is talking about the blistering attorney general report from Letitia James that rocked the country when it came out. And remember this, this is when she announced the findings of her interviews with 11 women and many others. The independent investigation has concluded that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and in doing so violated federal and state law. Specifically, the investigation found that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed current and former New York State employees by engaging in unwelcome and non-consensual touching and making numerous offensive comments of a suggestive and sexual nature that created a hostile work environment for women. And it was blistering. And remember, soon after, he resigned. Well, he has always maintained his innocence. As you heard before, he said, oh, the lines were redrawn. I didn't understand the lines. Um, And he reiterated in an interview today Uh, that was published today with Bloomberg, where he said, I never resigned because I said I did anything wrong. He also said, it turns out in a remarkably short period of time that it did become all bogus. Eleven became zero, giving no credibility to the women's claims whatsoever. So do you think he, quote, learned a lesson? And do you think he has a chance to run again? It sounds like he is not ruling out potentially trying to go up against the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, who brought him down. Clearly, he is trying to get back in the arena as payback to her for her blistering report. He says it was all about politics. So does he have a chance? I say he does have a chance. Um, Things are crazy in politics. I do think he's got a lot to recover because of all the allegations with the book deal and all the allegations, again, with the nursing home and all the allegations with 11 women. You've got all of that. That's a lot to overcome. So I think he's got a lot to overcome. It doesn't mean he's not going to try. And who knows what's going to happen? Who knows? I tell the story of Marion Barry, the mayor in Washington, D.C. Remember? Yeah. Who was uh, what doing crack cocaine with a prostitute? Remember that whole deal? It was like the blank set me up. That was his famous line. Remember? And you would have thought if you know if anybody was not going to get elected again, it was Marion Barry. Marion Barry got in overwhelmingly. 
because the community said he mowed the lawns. He knew how to do retail politics. They liked him. Don't worry about all that other stuff. I like him. So does that work for Andrew Cuomo? Very different personality, by the way. Not as affable as a type as uh, Marion Barry. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ in Queens. Go ahead, BJ. Excellent analysis, Rita, but I say he has no shot for the following uh, reasons. COVID uh, cover-up in the nursing homes, uh, book deal, very bad, uh, CNN propaganda operation with uh, Fredo, and plus he's going to go scorched earth on the five uh, crime families of the uh, Democrat Party. Because he's a very, uh, he's facha brute, as Curtis would say. Yeah, and by the way, he is going to go scorch earth. I agree. I mean, I think, look at what happened already with Jeff Zucker, you know, with his brother. You know, suddenly Jeff Zucker is out. Uh, Clearly, he's still talking about Letitia James. You know that if there's any skeletons in her closet... They're going to be out well before Halloween, you know. I mean, there is a lot going on, and you know that he is probably awfully busy these days trying to figure out where do I go next. All I've got to say is, who knows? In politics, you never know what's going to happen. Don't count Andrew Cuomo out. Have a great night, everybody, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.